The Arcade 1-Up Tron cabinet is here, and I finally got it built, but it's got some issues. Plus, I want to tell you about a huge Xbox Series X bug regarding disc games. Tonight is December 5th, 2021, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so you would say uh, even if... Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. Wow, what what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So, video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Akia Ripper from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I, I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game, I just don't like it. Billy OK says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore. What would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwolf. What a time to have some dropped frames on Twitch, right? Everything's fine, and then I'm like, I'm going to show video that I shot. And then Twitch is like, oh, no, 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 you're going to drop some frames now. That's wonderful. Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, yet probably a frame-dropped edition of the Bobby Blackwell Show, where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry, as well as sometimes reminisce about gaming's history. My name is Bobby Blackwell. For joining us live here on Twitch, uh, thank you so much. Welcome. Uh, head on. We are uh, do tape the show live on Twitch each and every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here at the Voice of Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Vogue Network. Uh, and that's where I try to read intelligent comments from chat throughout the night. Uh, but like I said, it is a podcast. Uh, so we, I, I thank everybody that watches on the podcast or listens to us on the podcast. Uh, so we, uh, I understand you can't be here on Sunday night. So that's why we do have a Discord server. Vognetwork.com slash Discord is uh, where we are throughout the week. And you can... Uh, uh, and you can uh, follow along, see some previews from uh, next episodes. You can leave comments on previous episodes uh, and all that fun stuff and uh, get to chat with the community. It's not a very active Discord server, so you're not going to feel behind or anything, which is kind of nice. So let's go ahead and uh, get right into uh, the show here uh, and talk about some stuff. First off, I am going to talk once again about my, uh, my upcoming uh, appearance or my voice's appearance at Awesome Games Done Quick 2022 online. It is an online event again, and uh, I, I'm going to be reading your donations and reading, uh, b- being a host uh, between games and during games. Uh, once again this year, this will be my fourth event, third as a full-time host, uh, and um, I am excited to have eight hours worth of stuff. Uh, so during the week of uh, January 9th through 15th, uh, so it's a Sunday to a Saturday. I am going to be hosting four different games. Uh, so I'm going to be hosting and reading donations during uh, on three different days as well. So on Tuesday, January 11th, starting at about a little, probably you know a little bit after 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern. All these times are going to change. If you go to gamesdonequick.com/schedule, it'll a change it to your time zone and b adjust throughout the week. So that morning you can see, okay, well we're 45 minutes behind. Uh, but I'm going to be doing the first half of Final Fantasy 13. Uh, so uh, it's a five-hour speed run. I'm probably going to be there for about uh, an, an, uh, two and a half hours. Uh, for the first part, Sabira Messi is going to take over for the second half. Uh, and then on January 13th, uh, at about probably about 2 o'clock Eastern in the afternoon, that's a Thursday, I'm going to be uh, hosting Lost Judgment, which is a Yakuza game. 
I'm going to be working with Frube again. This is a Yakuza game. It's not going to have anything like Rugby Baby in it, uh, but they do have some interesting things and interesting uh, interesting cutscenes, fun stuff that they could probably do as incentives. The incentives get uh, set up tomorrow for all these runs, I believe, so then we'll know exactly what donations incentives are going to be what. They haven't determined those yet. Uh, and uh, Questbuster says, Yakuza in the classroom. Yes, well, I'll, I'll actually talk about that in a second. Uh, and then on Saturday, the last day, January 15th, starting at about noon Eastern, I am hosting both uh, an any percent run of Earthbound by Octopus Cal, who was a Japanese runner. Uh, and then uh, Cool 114 is taking us through all tracks right after that of Mario Kart Wii in less than an hour. So that's another two-hour block. So I've got and, – and Lost Judgment's about two and a half hours to three hours. So all in all, it's about, about eight hours worth of stuff going on. So I am excited about, uh, about all this uh, and being a part of it. And uh, hopefully you will uh, you will be able to catch some of it either live or on YouTube. Uh, one thing I will say is that if you do donate to uh, to uh, Awesome Games Done Quick, and uh, essentially the way this works, if you want your comment more likely to be read on the air, if you want me or or more likely to see it, I may still not read it. Is you can put at the end of your comment hashtag Vog Network V O G Network. Uh, and that will be that's a little whitelist that we're going to have that I'll tell the donation station to pass those up, especially Final Fantasy 13. We're going to have a lot of donation breaks. It's going to be early on in the day. It's not a nighttime where there's a billion running in, but there's going to be a good amount of donations. And I try to read like from the runners community uh, as well as the, maybe the commentators community, but they also allow me to have the host community. One thing I will ask, though. Is don't mention the podcast. And don't mention the network in your donation message. Uh, the hashtag Vog Network is a whitelist that doesn't actually get read on the air. So you're gonna that just tells the people that are screening the donations that it's it's one of us, one of my people. But uh, I'm not allowed to self promote, so I can't read your donation that promotes me. Uh, I am not uh, able to. I'm not supposed to give out my socials. I'm not supposed to say I'm a podcaster. I'm not supposed to say where I'm at. Uh, it is not about me. I introduce myself as my name, and then it's all AGDQ. At that point, I am the voice of Games Done Quick. I am not a podcaster with Vogue Network. I'm not a Twitch streamer or anything like that. So uh, that's uh, so. So please do that because even if you put the hashtag, if you sit there and say, Bobby, I love your podcast and blah, 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 uh, I, I can't read it. Just be mindful of that if you want me to be able to read it. Um, I can read somewhere. Everybody's like, the host is doing a great job. I love the host. That's fine. But, like, don't make me promote myself. Um, so one of those games is Lost Judgment. And uh, I, I, I've i played the Yakuza series. Uh, it's on Game Pass. Uh, so I've played Yakuza Like a Dragon is really the one I've completed I actually started Yakuza 6, which is the game that we ran at AGDQ that has the Rugby Baby cutscene. I, mean, I actually started playing that one uh, pretty recently. and uh, But I, wanted, I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to be doing uh, Lost Judgment, I should actually try to play this game. And so I have a service called Gamefly, which is essentially Game Pass for physical media. Uh, which everybody else canceled because nobody uses physical media. And I'm like, well, I, I can do this because I can rent the game and it installs from the disc. So it's good for my uh, my uh, 
my bandwidth cap, uh, and it's going to be great. And so it came, I got it, uh, and I put it in my Xbox, and it said, okay, you need an upgrade. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, smart delivery uh, is, is what is the Xbox term, where you have like an Xbox One game, and then you automatically get the upgraded assets to give it, uh, to, to, to make it work with your Xbox Series X. Fine, good. Um, and so I did that, and it said, oh, installation stopped. Right after I did that. And I'm like, no, that's not right. And then it queues up again. It says installation stopped after like five seconds. I'm like, well, that's weird. Um, and so I'm like, well, and it's not, it's, it stops the entire thing. Because in theory, what it's supposed to do is it's supposed to pull off the disc what it can. And then it pulls off the network, pulls off of Xbox Live or the Xbox network. I don't think I call it Xbox Live anymore. And it pulls off the Xbox network what they, uh, the, the additions, the, the better textures or whatever. And I'm like, well, this sucks. So what I do is I search online and I don't find stuff. So I'm like, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take my Xbox offline. So I cancel the install. I take my install, uh, my Xbox offline, and I install the 40 gigs from the disk. Great. And then uh, I take my console back online, and it says, oh, you need an update to play this game. I'm like, okay. And, uh, and so I said, okay. And it's like, we can't get this update right now. I'm like, okay, well, I want to just play without the... No, 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 no. You need the update. It literally will not let me start the game until I get the smart delivery update. And it's not allowing me to get that update. It's like, this update's not available right now. Try again later. And it gives an, an error code. And uh, I was like, well, okay. And I take my Xbox offline. And I tried. It's like, no, no, no. You need an update. I, I know you need an update. You are. I already checked online. I know you're offline now. But I checked online. You need an update. I'm not going to play this game. And I'm like, well, crap. So there's a reason I said at the beginning, the reason I like disc games is because it doesn't have to download off the data cap. Uh, and and I, I don't get it for collectible reasons. I don't get it because I want it on my shelf. I get it because, you know, it's a 40 gig game. Lost Judgment is 40 gigs. And that's 40 gigs I'm not spending toward my one terabyte down, uh, bandwidth cap in the month of December when there's a lot of, you know, 4k movies that I'm going to start watching and stuff. Uh, you know, there's a lot of holidays, uh, and stuff. So I'm probably going to be using a little bit more bandwidth this month than I usually do. Uh, and Questbuster says that's insane. Well, guess what? It's a known issue because I, uh, was able to find finally, finally, I found, the uh, Xbox Known Issues for Game Launches site. So this is from uh, Microsoft.com. Known Issues for Game Launches. And if you go down here, all games right here, uh, not related to, to the old network I was on, players are seeing error 8B05003, which is the error I was seeing, when trying to play or install games from discs on Xbox Series X console. So it's a known issue. Known issue. It's being investigated. A fix is on the way. It's not there yet. This is the November 2021 update. But there is a workaround. So here is the workaround. Here is the workaround. And there's a step here on this page that I'm showing that they don't say. You open the Xbox app on your phone or your PC. 
You make sure that you have remote features on on your Xbox. They don't tell you that. You search for the game that cannot be installed. You press download the cons- to console and select the destination console. What you actually have to do is you need to have your disk in the drive, but not installed. So that 40 gig install that I had already done from the disk while the console was offline, I had to delete it. So you have the disk in the drive, but not installed yet. Then you go to the Xbox app on your phone or on your PC. You go find Lost Judgment. It says download to console. If you have it installed on your console, it'll say launch on console. But you want to download it to the console. And then it says, okay, I'm going to download the 40 gig game. So it does not actually read any of the data on the disk, even though there's 40 gigs worth of data, it does not read any of the data from the disk. Because once the Xbox knows that there is an Xbox series version of the game, the game disk has the Xbox One version on it. Once the Xbox knows that there's an Xbox series version, uh, and it may even be encoded on the disk, I didn't try playing it before going online, Um, it will not let you play it until you get that Xbox Series X update. And so Fifth Dream says, why even discs? I agree. Because the whole point was to not have to download 40 gigs. Uh, Because normally when smart delivery works well, it downloads off the disc and then it downloads the, or it, it installs from the disc and then just downloads the changes off the network and it does it simultaneously. That's the whole point of smart delivery. Uh, Right now, smart delivery doesn't work. It, uh, you have to fool your console into downloading the update without doing it on the console. SJ Runner Matt says, uh, doesn't the Xbox also push installation when you put the disc in the console? So basically you have to uninstall it while the disc is died. No, you can uninstall games without the disc in the console. Now, one thing that Xbox does do, since I'm going to bash him on, on this, is that Like, I had Yakuza Like a Dragon, and I bought on disc Yakuza Like a Dragon when it came out. And this installation thing worked just fine for that. Uh, And I played Yakuza Like a Dragon, and you have to have the disc in the console to be able to play it. When Yakuza Like a Dragon went on Game Pass, I did not need to do anything to be able to now launch it without the disc in the drive. So that's one thing that Xbox does well that PlayStation does not. If you had, like, for instance, uh, PlayStation 5... Uh, remember when they did all those like PlayStation hits when the PlayStation 5 came out uh, and God of War was one of them? Well, I installed God of War to my PS4 and then it got moved over to my PS5 from the disc. And then I redeemed and I, I redeemed the ex- God of War on the PlayStation Store when it was free uh, and stuff. However, the PlayStation, once you install it from disk, you have to run it from disk. So I had to delete God of War from my PlayStation and re-download it, even though I already had it and it was already updated. I had to re-download it from the PlayStation Store to be able to play it without the disk in the drive. So Xbox at least does that correctly. But there is an issue right now with the games uh, being installed from the disc. This has been an error that's happened all, over the past year. People who were playing Halo Infinite was having this problem with it, where, where it wasn't even the disc. Uh, essentially, the update server doesn't see it. Uh, and and so that's, that's kind of what's happening under the hood. But I don't know what, what would actually be causing this. It might be that uh, 
the disk actually has the install path, uh, the URL and uh, on the disk. And so the Xbox is trying to find it, and that's not where it actually is. Um, that's the only thing I can even think of that's happening is that they've got it encoded on the disk instead of asking Xbox Network, hey, where is this? Questbuster says they'll eventually fix it, maybe. Uh, according to this, uh, according to this uh, page on Microsoft.com, the uh, known issues from November tw- uh, November seventeenth, twenty twenty one, they are investigating, uh, and and the fix is on the way. So the next Xbox patch, uh, whenever that is, will probably fix this issue. I don't know, but anyway, the point is, I then you know, I do it, did all that, and just bit the bullet on the on the Xbox update. Uh, you know, on my bandwidth cap. Played a little bit of Lost Judgment. If there's uh, one genre of game I hate the most, uh, it's stealth. And Lost Judgment, you play as a detective who tails your your suspects and you're sneaking around a high school because they think you're a peeping Tom, or at least in one little area. You're sneaking around a high school. Uh... High school kids in Japan are very much, uh, they don't mind beating up adults or attempting to beat up adults after they've already gotten the crap kicked out of them by said adult multiple times. Uh, I don't know what's in the high school students in Japan even do it in school. They'll beat up the adult in school and nobody does anything. And Questbuster says the stealth in Lost Judgment is not great. I mean, it's for me, it's just, it's stealth. That's what it actually is. It's stealth. I don't like stealth. Uh, a lot of times if there is a game and a stealth element comes in and I can't you know easily get through it, uh, that's when I stop playing the game. Genshin Impact has a stealth sequence in the starting town. Uh, you have to sneak through this cathedral at night to progress the story. Uh, I, I, that's where I stopped playing. Uh, another game was lost in the title, Lost Odyssey. I, I had it, I had it for Xbox 360. Still have it, actually. I think I got about 10 hours into the game. There's a stealth section. Uh, I got frustrated, and that's as far as I got in Lost Odyssey. So, the good news is, because I know Froob, uh, I've actually been able to get through some of those stealth sections because I watched his speedrun because he's got his uh, personal best and world record times on YouTube. I watch his speed run, and he basically just glitches the hell out of all the stealth sections and runs through them. And so I just try to uh, I, I try to I emulate that just so I can get to, next to the beat-em-up section, because that's fun, the beating up of high school bullies. It's all about bullying in high school. Um, that's fine, but, but the stealth section, no. I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of that. Breakman says, I'm with Bobby. I'm not a big fan of stealth. I will do it a little, uh, a little, but a whole stealth game just isn't for me. The good news is uh, this is not a whole stealth game. Uh, the most of the game is a beat-em-up, but it has stealth sections. Um, and it, it's essentially you're, you're going to point to point. And you'll, if you watch on Games Done Quick, you'll see the stealth in action. Uh, it's a point-to-point thing. You investigate, and then you, like, distract an enemy and then either uh, subdue them or run past them when they're not looking. You throw a coin. You toss a coin to your witcher, and, and then you run, run past 
and hope they, they don't see you. Mike Daff says, soon we'll have Bobby hosting, uh, not hosting, but running games in GDQ. So I, I, people have actually brought this up to me and they're like, well, why don't you run a game? Here's the deal. It's not going to happen. And I'm going to tell you exactly why. There's another thing I hate in gaming. And that's repetition. And in order to speed run a game well enough to be featured on Games Done Quick, you have to have you basically repeat it over and over and over and over and over. There's a reason that a lot of the big name speedrunners are Twitch partners because that's all they do is they run the same game over and over, and that would get boring to me. Even if it's like a Super Nintendo game that's like a 20-minute speed run or a 30-minute speed run, there is nothing worse I can think of in my life than playing the same 20 minutes or the same 30 minutes or the same 5 minutes if I reset after 5 minutes. There's nothing more boring I can think of in my life for me personally, the way my brain is wired, than repeating that over and over and over. And Dark to See even says, yeah, I've seen some speedrun practice. Uh, one slip up and they flush the whole run and start over. Yeah, that's called a reset. Um, that's why I don't watch speedrunners throughout the year. The only time I ever watch speedrunning is during Games Done Quick. Because... I consider all the other stuff that the stuff that they do throughout the year. I mean, Froob's on right now running Yakuza 4. I'm not watching it, not because I don't like Froob. I'll go in there and like chat with Froob and stuff, but I don't want to watch practice. I don't watch the time trials for the Olympics, but I watch the Olympics. Questbuster says this reminds me of Arcus Ninja Gaiden record. He kept a counter on how many times, including resets, it took him, and it was something around 26,000 plays before he finally got the world record. Um, and this is why speedrunners recommend playing something you absolutely love because the repetition is real. Um, and Tiger Claw says, if you watch streams, they do a lot of resets. So it gets very repetitive when they have to do the levels over when they get it right. Yeah. Um, you know, I've actually, there was one time, like when I was early on and, you know, watching speed runs, um, it, I, I watched and, uh, I was watching, uh, like one of the big name Zelda runners who I can't remember off the, I think gymnast 87, I think is his name. And he was watch. He was running Ocarina of Time, and I saw the first five minutes of Ocarina of Time over and over and over again because he would try to do a jump, and if he missed that jump, reset. He was trying to do a glitch jump, and it was a reset. So I love games done quick because uh, you can't reset. They don't let you reset. Like if your run, if something happens and your run's totally uh, bo- broken. And you can't complete the run. You're like, and they'll they'll ask the producer, can I reset? And the producer will be like, no, we're going to just, I mean, it depends on how long the run is. Like if it's a, if you're, if it's a three hour run and you need to reset in like minute five, yes, they'll let you reset. But if it's like a 20 minute run and something messed up at like the 10 minute mark, they're going to be like, no, actually we're behind schedule. So thanks. Say your goodbyes. Now, Tireclaw says there have been resets in GDQ, but that's for games that have saves. Yes, so uh, you will find the the term is safety save. And the good speedrunners that know all this stuff, they will prepare a safety save. So if something goes wrong, they will go to that safety save. Because remember, when they're doing it at GDQ, they are not 
necessarily going to submit to speedrun.com or anything like that. So they can use safety saves and they will use safety saves. But there was one run a couple uh, a couple years ago where he accidentally overwrote his safety save. And they actually cut off the run. They were like, all right, you know, if you can't complete the run, you're done. Thank you. You know, say your goodbyes and we're going to go on. And because usually they're behind schedule. So they're like, okay, good. We can, you know, move everything back up 30 minutes and get back closer. So, will you see me speed on a game? No, you won't. Because I don't want to... I don't have the focus, the hyper-focus, to be able to, to do that. Anyway. Let's talk about what everybody's here to see. Uh, Breakman thought this would not happen. Breakman uh, said, uh, you're not going to have... You're going to have an excuse as to why... You're not showing it this week. Well, aha, the only excuse I can say is that Twitch is dropping some of my frames, so this is not going to look that great, but it's going to be on YouTube. And uh, uh, Arcade 1-Up came out with the Tron Arcade Cabinet. It came out a little bit early. I When I pre-ordered it at uh, Target, uh, when pre-orders went live uh, a couple months ago, I was told mid-December it showed up. Uh, the, right the on Black Friday, it showed up the day after Thanksgiving, uh, and I picked it up because I am a sucker for the arcade one up cabinets that have uh unique control schemes. I'm not going to own an arcade one up cabinet that just has a joystick and buttons because there are other options for that that I'm exploring. But I have the Star Wars cabinet with the yoke. I have an outrun cabinet with a dry uh, racing wheel, and I'm not going to buy a second one even though the Ridge Racer one was kind of tempting. And then Tron has joystick and the, and the spinner. And so I was like, this needs to be added to my pinball machine in my arcade. Uh, and Breakman asked, can you speed run a pinball machine? Uh, yes, because there are actually goals and you can get to the wizard mode. So yes, you can try to speed run it, but there, that's more of a high score comp- competition. You wouldn't see a pinball in speed running, uh, but yes, you absolutely can. It's, you know, how fast can you get to the wizard mode and complete the wizard mode? S.J. Renaman says, speedrun race of arcade one-up assembly at next SGDQ. No, uh, especially after this one. So I love Tron as well. Uh, in fact, I was gonna, I'm going to show this uh, as well, is that uh, the only Disney hat pin I own is a limited edition uh, from the U.K., Tron hat pin from 2017. I bought it at a convention uh, I'm, I'm a sucker for, for this. And you don't see that much Tron representation at Disney. Uh, you probably will at Disney World once the ride opens, the new Tron ride that's next to Space Mountain. But I, I have a Tron pin, so it's a nice pin. It's the only Disney hat pin I even own uh, because I don't do the pin trading, uh, but, I, but I love Tron. So now the arcade games, I didn't play that much of. So it's not that I really have a deep nostalgia for the Tron arcade game. Uh, it's more that I, I love Tron. I'm going to show you now the part of the build as well as some of the uh, as as well as a little bit of the playing of it and and kind of talk through it because this is the most difficult build I've done and I realize I am also not an IKEA builder. I don't generally build IKEA things. So the box is 120 pounds by the way. Good luck trying to get it in by yourself. Uh, but um, other arcade one-ups took me about 4 hours to build. Uh, this, I thought I gave myself a little bit over four hours, uh, and, uh, I, I got halfway there. It actually took me eight hours total to build this thing. Um, 
So uh, what I've got in the video going on here is that uh, I'm pulling some of this stuff out. Uh, everything's packed in very densely. They packed it really, really well. Uh, the first thing that comes out is th- that I took out was the set of control decks the, the, with the joystick and everything. That's important, and I'm going to show you how important that is in a second, but there are these huge boxes. It, it took me about an hour just to get everything out. Um, so there, there's a lot of different parts, and this does come with the stool. That's the thing to know. Uh, is that there is a stool instead of a bench, uh, but it still also has the riser. Now, the control deck, uh, it's, they're surrounded by styrofoam, and they've got a little cardboard around the styrofoam. Inside that styrofoam, you take the cardboard, that's where all your hardware is. It took me 45 minutes to try to figure out where the screws were. So there's hardware in there, and then two little or uh, wooden things, little tiny things, um, uh, is in there. Uh, Tire class, can you buy it without the stool? No, they all come with the stool. Uh, and in fact, the stool is in a box. It actually has its own instructions and its own hardware. Uh, and um, that you can, uh, and so you can see me actually pulling everything out in here. Uh, E3VL asks, why aren't the boxes labeled? Because probably to save money on manufacturing, as well as uh, the fact that in the boxes, there's always different things. Like there's like the ones that had the riser also had some of the side panel stuff. So, uh, that's why you have, have all that stuff. Now the hardware for the stools are attached to the legs. So that's where you're going to want to, to, to look for those. So the stool, um, it's a very easy assembly. There's only four parts to it. Uh, and they give you little Allen wrenches to put the screws in. So it looks bad when I'm doing it here, but trust me, it, it all works. I didn't film the entire process of everything uh, because I'm also terrible at this stuff. Uh, but but it's a it's a nice sturdy little metal stool with a little uh you know with, with little Tron thing on the top. Uh, Breakman says the stool doesn't look comfortable. It's it's fine enough for playing the the pinball games. Uh, it is a very it's not a soft stool. Now, the Tron cabinet is bigger than the others. So the side panels are actually attached together with a metal, a little metal thing that attaches them together. They're not just one thing. So if you've done the Star Wars cabinet or a different cabinet, uh, you attach them together. Now, what I'm showing right now is the hardest part of the build. So this is, we've actually fast forwarded like four hours in time for this build. Uh, and it's the hardest part. So when you attach the screen, there are these little white tabs, and I rewound in the video here. There are these little white tabs that you have to attach the screen to the side of the cabinet. These are very difficult to get on. Uh, And you'll notice on the back here that there is the Wi-Fi antenna on the left, and you have to try to get the screw, you know, attach the screen to that side of the cabinet, while not while still using the the while not hitting the Wi-Fi antenna, so there's a lot of cables here. Uh, there's a lot of cables, and the way that you actually do it is you uh, you actually build on one side with it flat on one side, and then you put the other side on top, and you line everything up. So it's a very difficult build. You can actually see that in the in the Star Wars build I did, I actually showed that process. But since these are all kind of the same, I don't actually build that. And it was very frustrating, and I would have run out of room on my memory card trying to film the entire thing. So this is the part where you're putting in the control deck. Uh, so you they actually recommend that you plug it in before you put it in, but you can't really do that easily because the court cables aren't long enough. 
Um, and people are saying you should have two people. I actually did. I actually finally had to bring my wife in to help. Uh, but for the video, I was trying to uh, not not have that much two people just show it as myself because you should be able to do this yourself. There are a lot of cables in the back. Uh, that you, And there's like joiner things like there's lights on the top and you have to join them to go into a lighting thing and then there's lights that hook into the control deck and then there's two things that hook into the the uh the the that that hook into the 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 power and stuff so and the thing is they're labeled which is the best part this is the best part is that they are labeled and i'm actually going to cut back to live here they're labeled in the guide and I'm pulling up the guide here, the the builder guide, with these little the, the, these letters. So this is the wiring diagram that I'm showing right now. Uh, so like M B N one A uh, and stuff. Now the thing is, these are not the num letters that are on the actual wires. That that's not there. Um, what those are is those are the pieces they're attached to. So. Like, A is, I think, the screen, and another thing was the control deck. That's what they're actually referencing, but you can't see those because you've built the cabinet, and so the little actual letters are now hidden. So I don't know which one, uh, which one I'm supposed to hit, which one. And so when I cut back to the video here, and you notice that I'm going to turn it on, one of the lights comes on right when I plug it in. That's because I screwed up on the plugs. It took me three times to get this plugged in correctly. Um, so I turned the unit on, and the top light comes on, and the black light comes on. Uh, and I'm like, okay, cool. And so this is the first startup sound. Now notice, and I'm going to spoiler alert kind of, Notice that's the regular arcade one-up splash screen. That's important to know. Uh, so this was the first time booting it up, and I didn't realize I had plugged it in all wrong. Um, so this is the, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm making sure that everything works. It's like, hey, you want to go on the Wi-Fi? I'm like, no, I don't. But, but everything works. All the buttons work and everything. Uh, so I was happy. Uh, and this was at about, I, I actually did this after the shows on Sunday night. This is about 2 in the morning is when I'm doing this. So this is just me kind of loading up and, and seeing, okay, these games actually work. Uh, so I've got the cabinet finally built. I built it out in my little hallway, uh, and, uh, and, and so I was excited. So then it was time to get it into the riser. I built the riser. This is actually now at about 4 in the morning, uh, and I'm here I am alone. You shouldn't do this alone. Don't follow my example. Uh, and uh, I set it on top of the riser, and notice how much taller it is. Then the Star Wars, uh, Star Wars cabinet next to it. It's a tall cabinet. So now I'm actually in here. Now you'll notice that I actually I've actually fixed the wiring. the The actual joystick lights up, uh, and then and and there's also another light bar and stuff. So I actually did fix the wiring and stuff. But uh, they have the Wi-Fi set up here, uh, and uh, you actually have to like type in your your password using the the joystick and stuff to be able to use an arcade one-up account. And uh, Breakman asked, was there anger building? No. No, uh, I was just tired. This this was also shot that night. This is the first time I'm playing the game. Uh, and I'm five foot seven, 
and uh, it's a nice height for me with the riser on. So I never, I don't even use the stool because I don't need to sit on the stool. Um, but this is uh, me playing Tron, the the, the actual Tron game. Uh, I'm terrible at the game, by the way. Um, so uh, it's been so long since I've played this game that uh, you know I, I I'm terrible. Like I just did the tank one, uh, and the tank shot me immediately. Um, but it sounds nice. It looks good. There are settings uh, that you can like have the smoothing set. But the minute you set any of those settings. When you do the online leaderboards for the Wi-Fi, because that's all you do with the Wi-Fi is these online leaderboards, you are no longer at arcade settings. So even like changing like how the screen's rendered uh, will take you off of the arcade leaderboard and put you on the any leaderboard. Actually, beat that was the uh, the section where you're supposed to get into the center. Uh, you're supposed to walk into the center thing, uh, and I actually did that first try. And then uh, then there is this the breakout section here where you're trying to get into the MCP core. Uh, and you can hear the clicking, like everything's got clicking. It's, it's, I haven't played on a real Tron cabinet. It's also very hard to find the Tron joystick. So I don't know really how it compares to a real Tron cabinet, but I, it felt good. It felt fine. The controls feel fine. Uh, this is me doing the light cycles, trying to remember, and you, you start off on the bottom. Uh, and, uh, I'm like, I got this, I got this. And then it turns out I didn't get this on the first try. Um, because you're supposed to basically, you know, play and then, you know, it's Snake. And you're not supposed to hit to the other guy. And I hit the other guy. You're not supposed to do that, by the way. Uh, and then, um, so I, I try it again. Because it's, uh, it's uh, I, I'm like, I, I'm going to do this this time. I'm going to do it this time. And then, you know, yes, you can fool the, the computer into getting into the thing. And then you beat it. Yay! Because you start off with three lives. I think you can get it up to, like, six lives. You can change a bunch of stuff, but that just takes you off the arcade leaderboard. And so I'm playing this at stock settings, at arcade settings. Um, this is me doing the, the tank one again. And uh, it doesn't end well. And then I lose my lives. I lose all my lives. But it's also the first time i played the arcade game in years. Um, I also think it's terrible. It's one hit kill on me, but it takes three hits to kill them. That's unfair. Uh, I'm going to lodge a complaint with the with the MCP on that. The thing to know if you haven't played Tron, though, is that it's like, enter your initials. Well, when they say initials, they really mean two letters. They don't mean three. So you're going to actually remember, need to remember that uh, they only want two letters for your initials. Questbuster says it's nice they kept the neon highlight bef- below the screen for the cab. When I had a chance to play with an actual cab, they could get pretty warm because of the bulb inside. Um, I'll actually, you'll actually see that, uh, a little bit later because that's actually a neat feature. There is a light bar. Uh, look at that. I'm first place on my own cabinet. I am awesome. So, uh, and, and I was, uh, when I did this, I was 322nd in the world at arcade settings. So, uh, now I'm going into discs of Tron. And, uh, the thing to note about Discs of Tron is that there's two changes from if you've played the actual arcade cabinet of Discs of Tron. Discs of Tron, this is the, you know, you versus the other computer, the other program, uh, and you're trying to, you're throwing your, your discs to try to knock them off. Uh, and that's this game. This is actually arguably the better game of the two. But there's two things that are missing. One is going to be the background. So the actual Discs of Tron cabinet had a uh, painted background behind the, the, and the TV screen was reflected up onto it. So it actually had 
uh, more of uh, of a background. You could actually see the grid in the distance, but it was painted, and the screen was merely mirrored up. The screen was actually below the cabinet being mirrored up. This does not have that. This is just the um, just what was mirrored up onto the onto the painting. Also, there are no voices. Um, so there, the original ROM had voices from from the movie, and they're not using that. It is probably for licensing reasons, because when you do that, you have to also have to license the, from the actor, and it's that could be a lot of money. Uh, and this was already seven hundred dollars for just two games, uh, and and a very frustrating build. Um, so they probably did not want it to be higher than that. I mean, it's obviously got the Disney tax, and also all these lights. There are four different light sources. Uh, five different light sources, excuse me. Five different light sources. Uh, one of them is a black light bar that is at the top of the cabinet. and uh, But there's a, a light down underneath the control deck. There is the light inside the, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the joystick. There's the marquee light. And then there's the light bar, which you can actually change. So there's a button, and you'll see it in this video at the end. You'll, there's a button that you can actually change what shows up in that light. S.J. Man says, uh, the original disc of Tron cabs are pretty rare. Yeah, there were a couple different versions, but one that a lot of, that the iconic one is the one, you actually walked inside of it and then you stood there. Uh, and so it was all neon around you. And it'd been so long since I played discs of Tron. I'm actually surprised I have like a five minute uh, time here. Like, I actually played this for five minutes, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And essentially, if you've never played Discs of Tron, you have your joystick that's your character moving around, and then you have the disc, and that's... So you move around with the joystick, and you aim with the disc. Uh, and you're trying to basically knock the other guy off. You can throw three discs at a time, and then um, you know they're also throwing discs at you, and you don't want to fall off the, the discs. And then they actually like start to introduce barriers that you have to work around, so you can't actually... Uh, and there I go. I got rezzed. Um, you you can't fire through the barrier, um, and that was it. That that was the end of my time. So I fought for the users and lost. End of game. My score ranking was number six. I have since gotten a higher score. Uh, and uh, once again, when they want your uh, when they want your uh, initials, they really mean just your first and last initial, not a three uh, initial. And I was skillful, is what the game said. Um, so it was very skillful. Uh, Tiger Claw says it would be fun if there were two players online. There was no two-player mode. I thought that when they were doing the online that maybe they were doing two-player online. Uh, but no, it's, it's literally just a leaderboard. And at this time, I was 180th in the world. So there already is a firmware update. Uh, it took about... I'm speeding the video up four times, uh, but it took about... Uh, three minutes to download and install this firmware update. Um, I will say this about the Wi-Fi. My arcade cabinet is far is pretty far away from the Wi-Fi router. So the Wi-Fi doesn't go all the way out there. And so what it does is if it can't connect to the Wi-Fi, uh, it deletes the setting. And so you have to re-input the Wi-Fi setting every time, uh, which really sucks. If it sees it later, sorry, you still, it's like, oh, no, the password must change. We're going to delete it out. Uh, and you have to use the joystick to be able to do that. So the big thing this firmware update changed 
is the arcade one up splash screen. Watch this arcade one up. It's it's different than the one earlier, which is the generic arcade one up splash screen. Watch this. This is the cool thing they added. Ready? There they are. Light cycles got added. That's the only thing I can tell that got added. Tireclaw says it looks like it's time to invest in Wi-Fi mesh system. No, an extender, really. So one of my coworkers bought this cabinet, and uh, he gave me his his name. So you, ba- my name is Black Wolf, and all you do is you can look for them and you add them to your favorites, which theoretically is supposed to let you compare your score to them. Unfortunately, uh, it didn't really work for me all that well. So I found my coworker. I put him in. Uh, and it's like, all right, yeah, he's on your favorites list. Awesome. Good job. Well, it doesn't show it here. Uh, but if I scrolled around, I found his score, and there's a little star next to it saying, hey, he's one of your favorites. Um, but what it's supposed to do, and my friend, my coworker actually sent me screenshots, is that it actually cycles through and showed us together. Uh, so that's what it's supposed to do. Uh, but it didn't do it for me. So I don't know what's going on there. Uh, so anyway... That is the Tron cabinet. One thing to note is that, uh, it, A, it is taller. The blacklight reflective artwork is only on the inside. It is not on the outside of the cabinet. I have black lights in my arcade room, and you can see that it does not reflect on the side of the cabinet. I actually turned on a light, uh, a different light, to be able to get the artwork here. Uh, and, uh, and, and the stool matches with it. Uh, here's the neat thing that is a, there is a headphone jack on the control panel. So you can put in headphones, just plug it right in. You don't have to mod it to do that or anything. Um, so you, that, that's something that I hadn't seen on the other cabinets and stuff. Uh, and so it really does look nice. And the light bar down at the bottom, there's this little tiny button on the screen that you can change what color the light bar is. It doesn't save this setting. You actually have to hit this every time you turn it on. Uh, but, uh, I thought that was, that was a nice little touch there. So that is, uh, arcade one up Tron $700. It's got some issues. Uh, the build was not as straightforward, uh, as, uh, as other builds. Uh, it took me twice as long to build it. Uh, and, uh, it was very confusing on hooking everything up. I finally did get it. I didn't break anything. Uh, but I was routing power to the wrong areas. Um, so uh, I uh, I haven't played it all that much uh, because I was like, look, I just spent eight hours building this thing. I'm not going to sit here and play it all the time. So I look forward to playing it a little bit more when I'm not as stressed out about the build and stuff like that. Um, and uh, the Breakman says all the pretty ones have issues. And Rob Roberts says, I can sort of see the premium. I mean, yes, Disney tax, but I appreciate that they are making small improvements and it's a little taller, et cetera. The new bl- big blue cabinet uh, is also um, a little bit, is also uh, taller and it does the same thing. The Street Fighter big blue cabinet, that's how it works. Is It's not one panel on the side. Now it's the two. Pop Culture says, I was swearing like a sailor at the end of my Star Wars build. I was I was not swearing at the build. I was swearing that it took too long and I couldn't have this video on last week when I wasn't having frame drops on Twitch. So would I recommend it? Uh, if you're a huge fan of Tron, yes. If you have a lot of nostalgia for Tron, yes. Uh, but uh, it is a lot of money for just two games. And really only one of those two games is really worth it. 
Questbuster said, yeah, there was a part of the original cab. Uh, cab had the headphone jack. It was probably filled with a dried French fry, French fry or something. Yeah, no French fries are going to be allowed in, in my arcade room. Uh, so, yeah, that was Tron. Uh, and uh, the first impressions are, you know, the game is good. Uh, the games are, are emulated well. Discs of Tron is missing the voices. You're probably not going to get the voices. I'm sure somebody's already going to hack it to put in the voice ROM uh, that has the voices in it. Uh, but I'm sure it's a licensing issue with Arcade One Up. So uh, usually coming up next, uh, or usually we ha- we have uh, a music break. We're not going to do the music break because uh, I had some Twitch issues. That caused us to run a little over. Not going to take calls, but I do want to actually talk to Rob. Uh, so we are going to talk to Orange Ontario because they're coming up next. Coming up next here on uh, Voice of Geeks Network is Orange Lounge Radio. It's three people out in Sacramento, California. They talk about games for much, much longer than I do. We try to call, uh, talk to them and see what's going on with them. Uh, and also, we want to talk about something going on this week. So uh, we are going to be... Uh, streaming something and i want to just touch base with rob uh hopefully the internet uh stabilizes and uh and lets this work sacramento are you there hi i'm here bobby and you sound great on my end yeah i i I think it's a twitch i'm hoping it's a twitch thing it's it's yeah it always happens on stuff like this um and that's i know them feels yeah so uh, there's Rob right there. Um, so uh, I, Tron, uh, you know, you'll be able to come play it soon at some point. Your graffiti was on the wall. You wrote that. I kept it up there. So I put that little shot in there of uh, you saying you were here on my chalkboard. So, yes, uh, I hope to come play the machine in, in at uh, Dragon Con 2022 if there's yeah. nothing that brings me out to Atlanta sooner. Yeah. So uh, this Thursday, we are going to be doing a stream. Uh, we yep. are going to be streaming the Game Awards. Uh, so yep. we're going to be doing that probably around, it's, I think, the pre-show. And they, they actually announced stuff during the pre-show. So the pre-show will be at about 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific. The actual show mm-hmm. itself starts at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. You are going to go, but they're not selling tickets to the public because of COVID. Uh, so Yeah, and with my work situation, it wouldn't have worked out anyway. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I actually was a little bit of, you know, had a little bit of trepidation cause I haven't been talking about a lot of the ABK stuff on my podcast. I'm letting people go to OLR to talk about it. Uh, but there was a, uh, there, there was a Kotaku article that was probably just taking things out of proportion and cherry picking is kind of what sounds like was happening about how the game awards were just going to basically take a neutral stance on everything Activision, uh, th- this year because of everything going on. Uh, even though they were not neutral against Konami, but they were neutral against Riot and against Ubisoft in previous years. So it's kind of a picking and choosing type thing. Um, And I was like, well, do we want to showcase it? But then Jeff Keighley came out and said, outside of their games being nominated and possibly winning, uh, they're not airing any trailers. So we have gone back to saying, okay, we'll show the Game Awards because there's a lot of people that were saying, don't support the game awards if they're going to support ABK in this time. Uh, but, uh, but we're going to be doing that. And I didn't know if you wanted to give kind of some thoughts because you had some thoughts on if we should still go forward with supporting the game awards. It, and we were talking about this before Jeff Keeley made a statement, but I didn't know if you wanted to give some thoughts and some background on that. 
Well, you're right that the Kotaku article was, it was a little bit um, kind of, like you said, cherry picking. It was a little bit of that old Kotaku that really used to bug the crap out of me before um, they, they had some major changes over there um, and was was a little bit sensationalized. And I think was trying to force Jeff into a position that he didn't want to be in. That being said, I understand why, you know, there is pressure on him to um, not be spotlighting a lot of the ABK stuff with everything that's going on. And then, of course, there's that whole, you know, sh- th- th- uh, thought that somebody that serves high up at that organization is on his board and so forth. But um, I think it's also important to remember there's a lot of people at ABK that aren't Bobby Kotick who worked very hard on those games. Um, And if one of those games should win an award, quite frankly, um, I don't think we should necessarily say um, these hardworking developers uh, deserved it. Um, And I notice that is one line um, Jeff Keighley does like to draw a lot is that he he constantly refers to the developers and not the publishers. And there's a pretty key difference there. Um, and I think that's an interesting kind of um, place for him to take. Um, even if we uh, even if there had been an Activision trailer that was going to show up, I would have seen it as an opportunity to, OK, minimize that. Let's take an opportunity to talk about how it's unfortunate mm-hmm. how Bobby Kotick is continually to drive this company into the ground, you know, and, and uh, you know, kind of be a reminder that way, because because the reality is that, you know, while Bobby Kotick kind of needed to go from Activision quite some time ago, um, the Washington Post report um, that really should have been the final uh, curtain for him, that has been out, what, almost three weeks now? He's still there. So I, I, I and we can't we can't be quiet about this. Like as yeah. gamers, we need to, you know, consistently remind Bobby Kotick and the board uh, that, that he needs to go. Um, and at least we have some somewhat good news on that front I, it's weird talking about it as good news but mm-hmm. it's the reality uh, we'll get into it on olr tonight is that some of the states are putting pressure on activision now and it's not for the reasons you'd think uh it's it's very fascinating yeah yep and uh but one thing to note is that advisory board has also has eve's Gimon on it from ubisoft yes, it does. and it has people from riot on it as yeah. well and so mm-hmm. those were in previous years. I think it's more because of the timing of all this stuff from Activision is so close. That's right. why people yeah. are speaking up now, whereas him not referencing Ubisoft last year didn't nobody really batted an eye. Yeah. Um and I think Ease Gilmond is the bigger issue being on the board, quite frankly. I don't know. The individual that is on the board from Activision is not Bobby Kotick. It's another um, executive at the company. With a very I, similar I, I, name. I, I, very similar yeah, name. Yeah, very similar name, but it's not Bobby Kotick. And um, I, I, am, I, I admit I am unaware if this individual is problematic or not. I have not heard his name in connection with any of the um, uh, allegations. If it is, uh, I apologize. I'm unaware. But as I know today, this person is not connected to any of that. So in my opinion his involvement is not as bad as he's good mom yeah um in my opinion dark Tessia says oh is that what happened it's not actually him no there there is the president of activision is on the advisory board for the game awards which is the advisory board it's it's not necessarily like a money thing there uh yeah. but his name is rob caustic Rob Kostick, not Bobby Kotick. And he does not look like Bobby Kotick. It's not Bobby Kotick with a mustache. And because Mm -hmm. Bobby Kotick is the CEO, the president is a different term. Like that's a different title. Exactly. And so in small companies, people will be president over Activision and doesn't do anything with Blizzard and King, basically. Whereas Bobby is over all three. Yes. And small companies will have I am the president and CEO of this, you know, blah, blah, blah. But. 
Yeah. In a larger company, the CEO and the president are two different people. So that is the clarification there. So, uh, and it's an advisory board. I don't like, it's more like just advising. Like, I don't know what goes on in the advisory board for there that, but it's not as nefarious as people are trying to make it seem. I don't think. And I think people need to really check themselves in a lot of this stuff, too, is buying into that sort of sensationalism and so forth, um, you know, especially if you're going to um, try to have these facts out there. The reason why, you know, somebody needs to go from an organization, sensationalism is only going to give ammunition to be used against yourself. And I think Kotaku did a lot of people a disservice with that headline, quite frankly. Yeah, I agree. So uh, what else are you going to be talking about on Orange Lounge Radio tonight? Oh, gosh. Uh, well, we'll talk a little bit about um, some of those uh, Game Award nuances I mentioned there a minute ago um, uh, and with ABK. Uh, how about some rumors about Sony's Game Pass competitor coming to light? We'll talk a little bit about that tonight. Um, you know, I love me some Niantic, and uh, they have made a big purchase this week, so we'll talk about that as well. And uh, oh, we even, have a, we even have a quickie story tonight on Yakuza and a crossover with Virtua Fighter 5. So we'll be talking about all that tonight. And I just want to say, you want to know what doesn't have a Q and doesn't have 2002 errors? Yeah. Yakuza Like a Dragon. And we'll definitely be addressing that as well tonight. Orange Sounds Radio is up next. Orange Sounds Radio is up next. Thanks so much, Rob. And sorry for going over with my tech issues. Thank you so much. That's right. It happens. Yep. Thank you so much for your understanding. See you next time. All right. Bye. So uh, that is it for me. I will be back next Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here at the Voice Geeks Network, twitch.tv slash Network. Join us and interact with the show directly, and hopefully uh, the frames won't be dropping as much. Um, and Ichiban Kasuga misses you. Trust me. Uh, I will say what's really weird, uh, I started playing Lost Judgment. I played the English dub because I do always play the English dub. The, the voice actor for the main character in Lost Judgment is the exact same voice actor as Nanba, one of your party members in Yakuza Like a Dragon, and he doesn't change his voice all that much. So it's like, why is the homeless guy acting like, oh, no, it's, it's, it's different. It's, it's different. Um, and then uh, Sojiro from Persona 5 is like the school headmaster. It's... It's all incestuous. All the Sega voice actors are incestuous from all the other Sega games. It's it's really interesting. Uh, So anyway, that is it for me. Uh, I'll see you next week. Uh, AP Meets from 5 p.m. Pacific. So uh, I'm on Twitter at Bobby Blackwolf, and we will be here on Thursday night at the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel. Uh, Hopefully I won't have frame drops then. Hopefully this works itself out. Uh, And uh, we'll be streaming the Game Awards with Rob and myself and who else knows. We're going to figure that out uh, probably after OLR tonight. Uh, So if you like the show, tell a friend. If you hate the show, tell an enemy. I don't care. Just tell someone. The show is not for everybody, but it may be for somebody who does not know about it yet. But we would not be able to make this show work without the help of the chatters who go above and beyond. Thank you so much for the resubscription. Fifth Dream, 31 months, one for each flavor. That is right. Thank you so much for your continued support from even before 31 months ago. Uh, Because just being here is just uh, amazing. Uh, and we really do appreciate that. SJ one under Matt uh, resubscribed during the Tron segment, uh, saying greetings program, greetings programs. We fight for the users. And then Dark Sakura cheered 200 bits. Thank you so much for the 200 bits. Uh, I'm going to hit this button to try to get out of here, and uh, and maybe go play. And now I'm going to I'm going to sit here and listen to OLR. I'm not going to go down and play Tron, but uh, I'm glad that my arcade is getting built out a little bit. I'll see you next week. Bye. A winner is you. 
The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the opinions of the Vogue Network. Network. People who need to hire new voiceover guys. Or your mom. Although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios. <laughs>